Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence and learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. I hope you and your loved ones are safe and well, emotionally and physically. Before we hear from my callers, a few thoughts on our upside-down world. So many moving pieces, so much on the line. From a leadership standpoint, we're in a place where it's clear, men from boys, women from girls, how decisions are made and executed will be a make or break difference for organizations, which then directly affects people's livelihoods and their lives. Uh, Ariane Huffington, an idol of mine, just shared this in her weekly thoughts. If ever there was a moment demanding a new leadership playbook, this is it. Uh, one thing that jumped out at me um, in her article was the call out for leaders to role model and practice compassionate directness. So that's the meta skill uh, for this call, new energy, really for all of us to embrace, not just leaders. And I wanted to excerpt a bit from what she wrote. So here goes. How we communicate has to reflect the realities of what people are dealing with. Now more than ever, we need to connect with people in a personal way. This means daily check-ins, starting every conversation with simple, direct questions. How are you? How's your family? Any developments since yesterday? Give people room to share what otherwise might be kept private. Maybe they're having trouble getting food or prescription deliveries, or worrying about parents' health. Before we even begin to talk about business, we need to open the door to these conversations in authentic, compassionate ways and keep that door open. And I want to connect the dots here. When you do this, you create safe space, which we desperately need for trust. Now, Thrive Global also shared um, a recent survey, the results of 5,000 Americans People are craving strong leadership and clear communication. Nearly 90% feel that employers need to be doing more than just implementing travel bans or work-from-home policies to properly address the virus challenges. Now, while Ariana wrote of the leadership imperative, I want to implore people at all levels. Be proactive to ask your leaders for what you need. Understand your leaders are also navigating the unknown. If your boss isn't modeling compassionate directness, you might try this. This really is a lot for all of us, and I imagine you're feeling a lot of pressure. How are you doing? Or, I'd like to offer a suggestion if you're open to it. I think the team would really appreciate a daily sync up so we can better support each other. Maybe we do it over video. Can we try that? The majority of bosses do care. They may need a nudge. And if you need asking help, if you need help asking for what you need, um, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I offer you this goal. While people are physically distanced, we emerge from this period far more connected than we could have imagined. And this would be a very, very good thing for business. Now, 
I am very grateful for my first caller from France, Nicholas. Nicholas, thanks for joining me on Say It Skillfully. Hello. Very nice to be on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate your support and I appreciate your taking the time and uh, calling from across the ocean. Yeah. It's a pleasure. Now, I imagine I'm looking forward to the question or situation that you have. Yes, so um, I'm, a, I'm a consultant working for very large companies as well as, as smaller ones. And in Europe, um, I'm helping a, a company right now in their digital transformation, so helping them to go from a uh, selling out-of-the-box type of products to selling solutions. So it's a big, big job because it's, it's all about uh, change management. Um, so I'm, I'm helping the CEO, I'm helping all the C-levels, uh, C-level executives, um, but I have one challenge with one C-level executive who uh, is kind of the older um, generation type of uh, person in terms of, of management and leadership. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been in this role uh, before, especially with Sony, uh, for, for many, many years. And I always told my staff, do not use email for sensitive subjects or for ma- as a management tool. Um, I've said the same thing to... This company, I said the same thing to the top management of this company. Everybody else has, has listened, but I have this one guy who uses email, copying the whole company or his whole staff uh, to insult, literally saying you're incompetent, you're, you're worthless, type of, uh, type of insults, um, and, uh, and, and does it like, like he would uh, you know, turn on like, like it's totally normal for him. So I've, I've spent a lot of time coaching him, explaining to him why this is not acceptable. Uh, it's a different culture, so that there's one element where that, that culture is is very uh, male-driven and uh, very very strong in terms of uh, you know the, the the boss is basically almost as you know quote unquote God God in the sense that the, the boss has, is always right. So very difficult for this culture to understand that the boss could be wrong, but he's damaging the company, he's damaging my project, and he's damaging my, um, uh, my credibility as well because staff trust me to make things change. And here I'm, I'm, really, uh, I'm really struggling with this guy. So I just wanted to hear from you how I could do it skillfully in order to, uh, to, be, uh, to be able to change that situation. Wow. Wow. Real caveman behavior, I'll call it. Uh, so thank you for sharing that. That's a tough one, and uh, but something I've, I've seen over the years. So let's peel this back different layers. So let's start first with you, Nicholas. Okay. Yep. Uh, and I appreciate, right, so clearly there's this sense of, you know, you're in this, right, which is, you know, you want to yep. help them. And also there's um, – I'm hearing, you know, there's kind of your reputation. So say a bit about what's going on, literally what's going on for you. How do you feel? Um, I, I went through that as well because I, I was very frustrated at some, at some stage of the, of the project, obviously. Um, so I, I took a step back and uh, looked at the situation thinking, you know, I'm, I'm a consultant. Uh, I, need, uh, I need to... Uh, uh, to show him that uh, I, I know what I'm talking about, but at the end of the day, if he doesn't want to listen, he, he, you know, it's, it's, uh, he's, he's part of the, of the problem. And I, I could be part of the problem as well. I'm, I'm really not saying that I'm not. Uh, but that's why I need, I need to understand, basically, you know, if it's me the problem, then maybe I'll get a colleague 
to, to, to deal with this guy because with all the others, and it's about 12, uh, I have absolutely no issue. Um, but with this person in particular, so maybe a, a, a um, character problem between the two of us, and I know some people, you know, get along with others, and, but this guy, he has everybody against him except the CEO. <laughs> That's why it's very strange. <laughs> this is, that is complicated dynamics. Okay, so I appreciate your taking a look at yourself. And of course, you know, we all recognize we're all part of the problem some way. So yeah. one thing to think about, and, and I, uh, my friend Thomas Waddell, Waddellsberg, just came out with a book about reframing the problem. So just in a micro sense, right, you're a consultant. I get it. Consultants are about finding the answer. Um, I, I um, do a similar thing. I, I think about my work on two lenses, and one is relationship. And one is task. And, and task is consulting. It's like getting people to get the answer. You might give it to the answer. The coaching part is about what's going on for people, who they are, why they do what they do. It's that on a personal side. That is the, the part, as you know, that really underpins the highest performance. It's actually not the what, it's the how. And yeah. so if for a moment, and I know you've got great coaching skills within, is to take the pressure off of kind of the what, right? And the what you want mm-hmm. them to do. Think about it as a coach. And as a coach, a lot of it is being the mirror. It's not about the answer. Yep. Right? Exactly. And yep. exactly. So so just that as a starting point. So now can you um, just share with me when you when you've had the conversation, what have you had it one on one and have you had it in a group? Just help me with what ex- you know, how exactly you worded it yep. with him and how the person has responded, because that would help me with context. Okay, so first I had it uh, as a group with the 12 uh, execs in the same room, explaining to all of them, not one in particular, you know, uh, ch- about change management and the fact that change is not easy and it's, it's hard for everyone, but as part of the leadership team that they needed to show example for this. Um, everybody else understood. Uh, I, I went into specific details regarding emails, and I went into specific details regarding millennial, millennials because they have a lot of younger uh, type of uh, staff who, you know, <laughs> they, they have less loyalty to the company that uh, used to in the past. Uh, and as I explained, you know, that it's really important to um, uh, make them feel valued and, and uh and if we have something to tell them, you know, do it maybe outside of the office or maybe one-on-one, but making sure, you know, that means they didn't feel like they were attacked and that uh, they, looked, um, they looked bad in front of the others. Uh, because first, it will be bad for the employee, but it will be bad also for the team because we know that younger staff, they normally come and enjoy the environment of a company. And when they, they stay in the, in the company, it's because they have almost like friends or even friends, you know, not almost, but that they, they feel they feel very good with the job. So I did that. And then uh, a week later, we had the first incident when uh, the guy just insulted one, one employee saying, you know, you're just incompetent. Uh, I don't know why I hired you. I mean, to, to everyone, uh, copying everyone. So I, I, I then took that email as an example, and I went and did a one-on-one with the guy. And I explained to the guy, you know, look, that's a perfect example. And I was really emotionless, just say, this is a fact. You cannot do these type of things. I, I didn't say you cannot do it. I said, you know, what could you have done it differently for to have a, a different answer for that? But I, what I really meant was <laughs> you, you just can't do these things anymore. Um, and he said, oh, yeah, yeah, I totally get it, totally get it. Two days later, another email to another person insulting them again. 
Uh, so now I'm, I need to do something about it, but I would love to hear from you first before I have this other meeting or if somebody else should step in and have this meeting instead of me. Yeah. Okay. This is great. Thank you. That's very helpful for me. So there's multiple ways to go about it and I'll throw this out and then we can discuss it. So when uh, you had the group meeting and you're letting them know this and everyone's nodding, did the guy himself kind of nod and he, he was like, oh yeah, I'm on board. Did you get the explicit Yes, Sense exactly. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. I got the thumbs okay, up from him. Okay, yeah. great. So, in in um, we don't go back in time, but you could do this again in the group. I'm a big fan, as you know, about transparency, about yeah. the different realities, and transparency generally breeds self-correcting behavior. Because at the end of the day, most people—and I'm not saying this guy is—don't want everyone to think of them poorly to look like they are hurting the whole. I mean, they, they really, people are self-interested. So they do want to look good. So to the extent that when you, when you have change, right, and their behavior change, people are going to slip back. So think about breaking a bad habit. It's important, you know, not only to agree, hey, what do we want to have happen? What are we going to do when things get tough, i.e. when people don't do what they said they're going to do? And that might be something like deadlines. People are talking, oh, yeah, we all agreed we're going to make the deadline. The team hasn't actually established that. What happens when someone doesn't make the deadline? What are the consequences? And it's really opportune, you know, when it's, it's, a, it's a positive environment to build that in. Okay, so just so we know, that's going to be dock of pay. It's going to be a public flagging, you know, whatever it's going to be. But the team agrees, right? So it's not any yeah. one person. It's certainly not the external consultant's job, right, <laughs> to hold them accountable. Yeah, absolutely not. Right? So... Yeah. So I think that, you know, your understanding of the guy, you know, I'm not, sh- you know, he, he kind of did the yeah, 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 yeah. Now he may not have known, you know, maybe he didn't care. So you might, you might give him a one-on-one shot. You know, hey, I'm just, I'm curious. This is a meta skill curiosity. Let's call him Thomas. Thomas, you know, I really appreciated how you wanted to, you know, you, get, you got this habit here and you want to let go of it. Um, and then this happened. Mm-hmm. And, and then just let him explain okay. what he's saying, okay? And so you, I would assume positive intention. He doesn't want to continue doing the bad thing, um, but it's really hard. So now a great opportunity back in the group is to say, gosh, you know, these behaviors that you folks are, are modeling, you're like parents. You're leading for the company. Everyone's agreeing. And so one thing we didn't do last meeting, you know, you can own it. My bad. I should have done that is, you know, how are you going to handle it in any of these behaviors? And then in an instant, just say, I'm going to just bring up Thomas's recent email. Mm-hmm. Say So before, you know, I, just, I really want to ask you each and go around the room. When this, when you saw this email, how did that affect you? Have them go around and share how it affected them. Let's do a next thing. How do you think our employees felt when they read that? Third, how do you think the employees think of us as a leadership team? Because this is getting to the fact that he, this this Thomas, is dragging down absolutely everybody, right, in this. It's not about this one guy. And so your notion of we're all part of the problem, all part of the solution. So my question to you is how do you you know, how do you folks as a leadership team want to be viewed by the company? I've done exercises with folks. Literally, what are the three words? And, and how do okay. we want to be, see the power of us? Who are we together? And this is, you know, can, you can un, 
unpack this in a much deeper way, but obviously the highest performing teams have a very strong sense of who we are. When you're leading through change, right? That leadership team has to show that they're growing and that they're changing. And so that's a real, it's, it's very, and I've never had any team pushback. And I said, you want this company to change? You show me how you're changing. And yeah. there's, it's like stone silence and people are like, boo, <laughs> right? Because it's, I think a lot of employees yeah. experience, frankly, is great. We're all, the, we are the problem. We have to do all this stuff. But those guys up there, you know, guys and gals up there, they're all perfect. Now, I know that most, most of the folks I work with don't think that. It's very easy, though, for that yeah. to be people's experience. So let me pause for that. How is that landing for you? Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, it sounds great. I just have a question, question about this. Um, would you clear it with Thomas beforehand? Like, say, I'm going to use your email to discuss it with the group, or would you just go into the, the, the meeting with everybody else and, and just use it without having cleared with him? I would offer the lens of, you know, I'm here to support the whole. And I think you're a very good person. I think this is a great example. And using this example is okay. going to really serve the team. So, you know, I think, Nicholas, and, and for all of our listeners, when you take the highest road and, and genuinely, right, this isn't BSing, genuinely, you know, I'm here to help this whole organization be its absolute best. And I'm not doing my job if I'm not focusing on the whole and helping all of you to do the same. So I don't want to make this personal. I think this is a great learning opportunity. And I think... This would showcase you in a very positive light because it is a vulnerability, you know, that kind of thing. Okay, makes perfect okay. sense. So that's, yep. um, so now um, say a little bit more about how the team thinks of this person because I am a bit curious. Are they, is this a person people are afraid of, right? Because genuinely, generally, you know, I don't know. I don't, these days having one rogue guy, you know, you're kind of like usually teams can keep that person in check. So I'm kind of wondering what's going on with this yeah. person. Well, except that he's the head of technology, so a very important role. Um, but uh, so among these peers, uh, as I said, 12 people, uh, 10 of them absolutely hate the guy. <laughs> and I've had, you know, one-on-one -on -one with all of them. The CEO thinks he's, you know, fantastic. So that, that's, that, that's the first issue. And among his own team, so uh, people below him, if I could say, uh, they are all very, very scared of him. And to the, to the extent that, you know, I talked to the head of HR and she said, uh, we, we're really struggling because it's, it's very difficult to recruit people uh, technical, with technical skills. And, uh, and this guy, anytime we, we work with someone, uh, you know, he, he, he makes them go away very quickly because they, they just don't want to stay in the company with these guys carrying them like that. Yeah. Okay. So this is really the problem, which I, I yeah. appreciate you sharing because I think this is really, and, you know, it, it, for the organization to be successful, I'm not saying they absolutely can't, but boy, it's a lot harder when you have this going mm -hmm. on and I'll show some compassion for this person in that let's call him Thomas, you know, this is, he got here being this way. So in his world, I'm guessing, right. That is like, yeah. he's like, this is how I become successful. I mean, it would be like, he'd be very vulnerable thinking that I could lead differently. Right. So yeah. on top of it, he's the latest recruit. He was just recruited last September. Okay. Okay. And then the you guy in the block. Okay, and in your conversations with the CEO, do you feel openness to be able to see people for how they're actually behaving? Do you see, you know, a level of objectivity? 
I, I do believe that, yes. I think, I think openness uh, from the CEO, absolutely, yes. I think he's a, he's a very good guy, and he's built a company uh, for the past now uh, almost 20 years. Um, and, yeah, no, I, I believe that, but, you know, when, unless you spend a lot of time with someone, it's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to know. But my feeling um, is, is that, yeah, it's a, he's, a, he's a good guy and uh, very open. Okay. Okay, so again, I'm not advocating just giving some ideas because they're going through a big yeah, change no, program. Big, yeah, big change program for um, teams, uh, senior teams. You know, the, this notion, and you can interview people one-on-one, you know, on a scale of one to 10. Or, you know, ask first thing, what's it like to be part of this leadership team? Literally a, a um, sub, you know, subjective open. And people are like, what's it like? And so what they tend to do is describe the team. No, no, no. What's it like for you? It's fun. It's frustrating. It's annoying. It's 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 um, fulfilling, right? Okay, so you go yeah. through and you say, "I'm going to take interviews with folks." Um, it's going to be absolutely confidential individually, but I'm going to aggregate because it's important for the team here to lead together powerfully. We need to get a sense of you know who you folks are, um, and so I, yeah. then I, I it doesn't have to be a lot, but questions like on a scale of one to ten, when the group's together, to what extent are people saying what really needs to be said? Right, 10 is eh, good news, bad news, what they really think of people. You know, and when people are one-on-one, they'll tell you, two. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Right, so you, then you say, and you are Mr. Objective, no judging, you're too great, yeah. and you want to really create the safe space. So that's, that's I think, this get into your coaching relationship piece, which is about I'm here for the whole, um, and I'm not yeah. here to take anyone down. I think everyone here belongs here, and we want to be better together. And so you can... Set, set up a set of questions where you start to create a picture um, and then you share, hey, this is, this is your sense of you. Yep. And you, you, know, you can, I've actually put it on slides and I've had people read it and then they're like, mm, okay, so now what's going on for you? And you folks start to bubble up. What do we need? And, you know, obviously to me, it's glaring out. There's not a huge level of trust, consistent trust, Right. And so for yeah. me, vulnerability, the courage to be vulnerable is the must for trust, right? All of Brene Brown's work. I would uh, hazard a guess that the, the head of technology is just never, is not in the best relationship with himself. You know, he's, and so it's just much easier to have a lot of defense, you know, shields around you and just boss people around. You know, I get it. So it's, it's a yeah. very, it's a scary place for people like that to be because they're supposed to be the superstar. They know they're right. It, that's, those are not easy habits to let go of. But yeah. a starting point then can be um, you can take folks off site, a chance for people to, to tell their life stories and to really be who they really are. And it can be something is like, you know, we're going to go around and just talk about really the struggles that people have. Need some setup so I can yeah. take you offline a little bit on that. But that, I have had that, you know, for sure help people really break through. And the realization if you can't be who you really are, as a person, you can't be the leader you need to be, and you can't be the teammate you need to be. And you get, you get it down to the fact that, gosh, we want this company to go and do some amazing things. And if we're not willing to do that ourselves, well, what can we really expect? And I think yeah, all of it you know, is, is you start to observe, Nicholas, where people are. And, and I think you coach the CEO to say, look, at, you're just observing how people respond. And, and in these kinds of situations, everybody's a peer. We're all together here. And, and boy, with this coronavirus situation, Nicholas, this is, this, it doesn't get more scary, right? I mean, it's just, it's a terrifying 
situation and to be able to acknowledge that um, the fears and get that out. Oftentimes people are like, well, it's going to be great. And here's the vision in the future. Well, what about the low dream? What's the worst fear? And let's, we need to get that out for us because that's the only way we can then mitigate that and then really lean into the things that are going to help us be our best. So I'll pause a little bit here. I don't want to, you know, necessarily say you have to do something like that, but just, I'm just wondering, given what you know about your client, are there pieces of that mm-hmm. that you think might work? Yeah, and I, I, I think it can definitely work. And I really like the transparency. It's uh, something that you've talked a lot about in the, in the past shows, and uh, I'm trying to use that as well. So here it's, uh, it's great. And I, I agree. I think this guy is miserable, to be honest with you, and I have no idea what's going on in his private life. Uh, you know, in Europe, people tend to, to speak about their private life after uh, the day in the office and you go to a pub or something and you have a beer or something like that and, <laughs> and you get, but this guy is like totally locked down. I mean, he's like, he won't share anything. So I, I assume that something is, is not right with his personal life and that's why he's taking on people in the office. Right. So that's, I think, again, that's a subjective feel it out, but to the extent you can gain the trust and, and yeah. I'm not judging and say, you know, what's going, you know, I care about you as a human being. Uh, here's what I'm seeing. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you're right, but you throw things out and you may model for this person how they can be, yeah. right? And, and, and I, just was, I was just commenting with another LinkedIn person who put out that, you know, for a lot of males, we haven't, society hasn't socialized them to help them um, develop yeah. their emotional intelligence skills as much. It's not that it's not within, yeah, sure, sure. they just haven't had the chance. So I want to turn to you for a moment because I think, in the coaching space in particular, really, you know, it's never about us, right? It's never about, yeah. and I, I get that it does feel that way. And so your ability to say, look at, I'm here to serve. And, and I love the way you say, look at, if I'm not the right person, I'm not the right person. So realize you're modeling that level of self-assuredness and willing to be part of the problem, part of the problem and part of the solution. Super yeah. important for you to recognize that you're modeling that yeah. for them. It doesn't mean that, that I'm not, not making legitimate your fear. Like, I don't want to fail. I, I get that. Um, but I think when you take the highest level of service, right, you can overcome your individual um, sense and focus on the whole. Yeah. Great. So this has been fantastic. I really appreciate your sharing this. Do you have a particular top takeaway that uh, comes to mind from our little chat? No, I think, again, you know, it's. Uh, I think you're spot on about uh, about the guy already, and uh, and how to to manage that. And um, no, it's it's really good. Now I need to digest all this and and put it into words that that's going to work for this company. But I think it's. Uh, I I was I was stuck. I really I didn't know how to move forward with this guy, and uh, I now have an option. So great, thank you very much. Well, you're very welcome. I am. Um Really grateful that you joined and let me know if I can be of more help. And um, I thank you for being part of the solution. We'll talk soon, Nicholas. All right. Thanks, Molly. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, Before our next call, let me just remind folks that if you'd like to dial in with your situation, the phone number is 866-472-5790. Or if you're international, you can call Collect in the studio, and that's country code 1-480-398. Three three five two, and I am thrilled to um, 
my new friend from these LinkedIn, um, these LinkedIn is such a great, it's like my new favorite thing. So Raphael is joining us from California. Raphael, thank you for joining me today. Yes, my pleasure. Uh, an honor to be in, in your show. You have been such um, a rave fan. I am like, Really, really, from the bottom of my heart, so grateful for your support. And it's just fantastic to have a chance to chat with you live. <laughs> yeah, it is quite a treat. Uh, I was looking at our histories of uh, history of conversations, and uh, it's it's uh, fascinating uh, our mutual uh, interest on all things martial goals, made and all things. Shape skillfully, uh, sharing a reality, uh, those uh, developing others, helping others, compassion. That um, those are topics that uh, resonate very strongly with me, and um, I'm very glad that they resonate very strongly with you also. Yeah, it's, I love the like-mindedness, and uh, together we're better. Uh, so, my friend, what um, is top of mind for you today? Well. I first of all, I want to thank you for uh, putting these uh, conversations and these topics in in this forum. Uh, your videos are a treat. Um, I like uh, the one with your with Carly and your niece, and you know, staying calm and composed. And uh, I, I refer to that uh, a lot in these days because as leaders, we are. Uh, people look at us, and you know, it's it's uh, it's our responsibility to stay calm and and to stay centered. And it's very difficult to stay calm and stay centered uh, with all these news uh, coming at us all the time on you know uh, coronavirus crisis, and uh, it's it's a very challenging time. And yet, this is precisely the moment where all these things become real, you know, it's, it's all these things that we talk about and think about and practice compassion and building a shared reality can come, come, come to life. So, um, well, I was, I was wanting to ask you, uh, this is a, an interesting situation I was very close with, and it has to do with introducing the concept of coaching to a young talent. Okay, uh, and in, in this particular situation, there is a young female uh, from Asia or with Asian origin that um, didn't have what the higher ups would define as executive presence, or was seen as um, not stepping up, not sharing, not. Uh, you know, the presence was not there. Uh, and, and you know, knowing this person closely, uh, we're talking about an exceptional talent, uh, dedicated, hardworking, uh, uh, honest, all the attributes. So uh, the, the challenge is how to introduce, uh, first of all, the shared reality that the higher ups do not perceive you know this 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 person as having executive presence and therefore she's not considered uh promotable right 
and and so share that reality with her in a in a in a compassionate and effective way. And number two, introduce the concept that hey, we all have things that we work on, and it's called executive coaching. And let me introduce you to an executive coach that I know and trust, and who can help you. So this is kind of the situation, and I, I'm curious to see how you would um, approach this. Ah. I love it, and I can relate with this to this more than you can possibly know. So I appreciate you bringing it up. <laughs> Will you share with me, Raphael, your relationship with her? Let's call her Anne. Uh, your relationship with Anne. Have you known her a long time? Just give me a little context for that, please. Yeah, um, you know, in, 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 in full disclosure, um, uh, it's uh, somebody that I met in the past. We were colleagues. And um, that was a real issue. We 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 were close together. We were um, you know colleagues in the same function in the same business. And um, I was just you know higher up and privy to the inside information on the water cooler comments and the golf outing expressions. Uh, and obviously, as somebody who you know the talent, but uh, this other side is not known to the person. As Marshall talks about the Yohari window, you know the 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 things that people know that you don't know, right? Um, so uh, that's the context of of this situation uh, as it happened. Great, great. That's very helpful for me, and I think that that's very beneficial for the for the conversation. So I think the the opportunity is is as you said to create transparency for the different realities. She may think she is in one place, um, and obviously you have information that's that says otherwise. Um, so yes. moving into that, you know, I think there's a way to think of it is um, Anne. You, and then there's this third entity, the two of you as a dynamic duo, as a team. And that may be a really empowering um, opportunity for you to, to be, you know, obviously you're, you're the colleagues, but really the guide on the side, the cheerleader, the guardian angel. And so it yeah. might be, you know, and, you know, this, um, I have been thinking about something um, for a very long time. And I am realizing that I haven't been um, as upfront with you as I would like to be. Um, and I want you to know that I am here so that you can really fulfill your your greatest potential, I think, the world of you. So the ability for her to realize, I'm, I want, I'm here to serve you, and just to really look her in the eye. And, and she goes, yeah, yeah. I said, so this is important because sometimes there's information that's out there that may not, may not be so easy to digest. Yes. I feel like it would be my responsibility that I wouldn't be in service to you if I weren't sharing with you um, that uh. in some ways you may not be coming across the way you think. Something like that. So, so you're sharing you, your positive intention, your helpful intention, right before you start. So you, you set up the, listen, I'm here for you. I'm in your corner. I'm looking out for you. That's what step number one kind of right for, sh for sure and then so you if you're really worried so you know so 
part of what I want to even think of us is I want to think of me as your, you can even use the word coach, right? Your coach to help you yeah. through. I mean, I use sports metaphors all the time. All these high-end athletes, most all yeah. of them, I mean, you know, I'm a big tennis fan, as you know. So, right, they all have a coach. This uh-huh. is not some embarrassing thing. Like, the most successful people who want to be even better have, like, multiple coaches. So, you could take on that role for the moment just to kind of introduce that word yeah. and that concept. Okay? Yeah. And you might just say, so, I want you to know that I'm sharing some information. I'm not necessarily saying that's fact because you can educate. There's very little objective reality other than the physical time, space, and distance of things. It is a lot about how people perceive situations, right? So there's a lot of education on the way. This may not have to be all one chat, by the way, right? So then you could say, so so one thing that might be something that you're not aware of, and I think it's really important, is that, you know, in, in terms of our performance, you can think about the task side, which is the, you know, develop the strategy, hit the numbers, meet the deadline, and you can think about the relationship dimension. And that's how you navigate your interactions, how you show up. And you can just say, look, at, I get that you hear a lot about the numbers and everything, but all the data shows it's on the relationship side that, that underpins the highest performance. Okay? And so she's like, yeah. And so this is the deal. You know, we're each our unique being and how we move through space, and I usually, literally use those words, right? It's, it's unique to us. So what may work for me or a man or what, you know, may not work for other people. So it's really part of our growth to develop ourselves um, in our leadership um, capability in ways that are authentic. So there's a little bit of education there. And I think part of what's gotten her here, to quote Marshall, doesn't get her there. Just say, look, I get it. What got you here, you know, it got you here, but it's not going to get you there. And then you start to say, so one of the things that I think might be a disconnect is how you think you're coming across and just pause. Although this doesn't have to be a download. So you just want to interage back and forth. This is making sense. You're in a conversation, you're calm, you're confident, you're inspiring, you're curious. You know, there's no negativity on this. This is all awesome as far as I'm concerned, right? It's like, this is a real gold gold opportunity. And and it builds on, on the trust that has been developed over the years. So it's not somebody you just met. It's somebody that, you know, I, you assume that trust you and that you trust and uh, you use that, those bridges, those, that foundation to move to this very sensitive topic. Exactly. And so now here's the thing for you, your energy. If you think it's sensitive, and I'm not saying it's not sensitive, but if you come across tiptoeing on eggshells, if you come across a little bit scared, right, or worried, yeah. think about, wow, is that, is that, am I showing up in a way that's going to help her? feel like this is positive and this is a good thing. So that's your opportunity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you're talking about my intervention, right? Because yeah, you and your medicine. I, I, I said my intervention is positive. Okay, yeah, because the topic is um, can be crushing for her, you know, saying, listen, there are a group of uh, older white males, Americans, that believe that... Um, you are not coming across as powerfully and strongly and you're not an executive presence and therefore you're not promotable. That can be crushing if I say it in those terms. That's why. Exactly. So let's just say that because now we're to the point where you're actually saying the news. Okay. So (laughs) this is how, this is how it works, right? The food chain is the folks up there 
they have impressions of us and they're formed they're formed by our actions now this is really a hard thing and i'm telling you this really hit me hard but people don't form yeah. impressions out of nothing we did something so this is a huge opportunity not making someone bad or wrong but to realize right and so yeah. and i'll just play around with this right now you don't you can find the words it might be like you know my sense is that people don't perceive you as and we might leading from the front as decisive pick a few concrete words and uh-huh. and let that land well it's saying so and and you can just say i think you have it in you yeah. i don't think it comes out in a way where others see it and and there's no bad here because again women can behave in a way that men behave and then they're a witch right so there is a lot of mm-hmm. just having to find find her way there so there's nothing bad about that but i think that notion of and so well who said that i said you know what that's a great question that's actually not the point i'm here to serve yeah. you i'm not saying that there's any one person no one's against you number one i do think it's a real opportunity right now to identify some places where you can you can see yourself more clearly the way other people see you and when you have that understanding you'll be able to make some changes about it and you might just say i'm not here to solve for it with you what i think would be a really awesome opportunity for you is to work with someone who specializes in that and that they could help you really be the rocket ship i know you can be because you're not trying to solve for all this all you're trying to say is i think there's a gap right and i think Correct. that you know, it's not to say people couldn't do it on their own. You're just saying, like all these successful people out there, why not lean on someone who can help us see some of our blind spots? We all have them. And help you expand your range of how you lead. I use that with leaders. Think of it. You know, if you have one style, you're a one-trick pony. If you have different modalities, like, how you can lead, you're more effective. Yeah, like your coaching analogy or even your yoga, the yoga analogy, the instructor, every session, you... You're doing something and you may get a, an alignment correction or, and it's not, oh, I got a correction from my instructor. I, I, my hips were misaligned. It's the end of the world. No, it's just, oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you <laughs> for the correction. Right? Exactly. Exactly. So let's pause here. How is that all that landing for you? Uh, oh, it's very uh, illuminating, especially because you perceive something that I was not aware of, which is my energy coming into this thing as, oh my God, this is this is going to be a disaster for her, and and inst- it, 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 you know it, how I, I'm coming into the conversation with fear or dread. It you transmit that, and I was. I was not aware that it was coming out so clearly across the phone, across the uh, California to New York divide, right? So that was a very interesting perception, and, and I'm, I'm definitely t- taking note. Note to self, your energy is very important when you come into these things. Yes, that is, that is a key, key, key takeaway always. And think about this. You respect her. Right? You respect her. So you would respect, yeah. you would say, look at I respect you. You want to know this. You are going to take yeah. this and turn it into something that's positive. That's a show of respect because you know she's got this great leadership potential in her. 
So you're just yeah, honoring I mean, really who she is. Yeah, and yeah. she's resilient, she's right? She's resilient. She's strong. She can do it. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So will you keep me posted? And obviously, if I can be of more help, you don't hesitate to reach out, Raphael. No, this is uh, fantastic. Thank you so much for the insight. And uh, a real pleasure to, to talk to you in this wonderful show of yours. Well, I will look forward to doing so in the future. I really appreciate you calling in and thank you for being part of the solution. Take good care. Thank you, Molly. You too. Ciao. So the next topic um, I'm going to share is about negotiation in this uh, time of crisis. And I want to thank my LinkedIn connection, Paul Dicer. And he recently shared a video from a gentleman, Chris Voss, who's CEO of the Black Swan Group that does negotiation training. I don't know, Chris, but in the video, he talked through a great strategy for the countless negotiations going on between parties who are trying to navigate what to do when no one has ever experienced the times we're in now. So here's the situation. You have a client who's understandably in nothing short of a panic about your contract with them. Chris shares a three-step process. So I've paraphrased his words so it's authentic to me. I'll also share the, um, the post that you can hear how he delivers this, which is quite dramatically different than what you'll hear right now. So number one, tactical empathy, which Chris says is recognizing how the other side actually feels and articulating it out loud. It's key that you come across as fearless as you do this. So it might sound like this. This is insanity. I know you're scared beyond words and terrified. COVID-19 will get completely out of control and your company will go under. Chris's advice is you need to call out the fear. No sugarcoating. And say it skillfully, this is getting transparency of the fear and the shared reality of that worst case. Chris also notes that this is not a time to say we're scared too. It's only about the other person. They're in their reality, so there's no use of we. Number two, what he calls the effective pause, meaning go completely silent. Let it sink in. Do not say a word. Count in your head, one Mississippi, two Mississippi. They speak next. You may follow up and paraphrase what they say to ensure the fear is fully out in the open. His caution is, whatever you do, do not explain. Quoting Ronald Reagan, he said, if you're explaining, you're losing. Lastly, number three, a thought-shaping how question. Chris calls this a calibrating question, not to get answers, but designed to shape their thinking, to make the mental shift toward a future of surviving and thriving. So use your meta skills of understanding and confidence. Chris describes this as the late night FM DJ voice, which I thought was hilarious. Something like this. How do we work our way through this so that we don't take each other down and do put ourselves in position to pick up the pieces and work through this together? Chris notes, this is what the psychologist and economist Daniel Kahneman calls slow thinking. You're being deferential and asking them how they think it could work. And in doing so, you've helped them make a mental shift from destruction toward a vision working together so you both survive the pandemic. So to summarize, 
Number one, tactical empathy to deactivate the other person's fear. Number two, effective pause to confirm you have deactivated the fear. And if not, go back to step one. And number three, thought shaping, a how question that includes a vision of the future where you collaborate to survive and thrive going forward. So thanks again, Paul, for sharing Chris's great advice. And again, I will um, share the link. Now, lastly, and most importantly, I've been moved by the desire to honor our first responders. And I wanted to share a couple ways you can show your gratitude for those putting themselves in harm's way. Many first responders are persevering in battlefield type conditions so that many of us are able to live our lives. So first, dating back to 2002, what's now called the First Responders Children's Foundation works with families across the U.S. and they help provide college scholarships to children whose first responder parents have died in the line of duty or become permanently disabled due to their line of work. So I'll spell out the website. So it's First Responders, one S-T-R-C-F dot O-R-G or text THANKS to the number 76278 to donate. Second, last week, the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health, Thrive Global, and Creative Artists Agency Foundation launched a hashtag First Responders First. It's an initiative to provide resources for healthcare workers serving on the front lines of the pandemic. The donations are uh, providing essential supplies and equipment, including protective gowns, gloves, masks, for people from minimum wage hourly workers in home care settings to social workers, nurses, physicians, and others. And Thrive Global's behavior, uh, their change platform, provides help to improve the physical and the mental well-being, uh, focuses on sleep, movement, nutrition, stress management, and relationships for these people under great stress. So it's a great pairing of Harvard science um, and evidence-based work with Thrive Global's um, behavior tools to support self-care for this vital workforce. Lastly, while we're in unfamiliar territory, my thought for the week from ancient Greek philosopher and scientist Aristotle, excellence is never an accident. It is always the result of high intention, sincere effort, and intelligent execution. It represents the wise choice of many alternatives. Choice, not chance, determines your destiny. Thank you for tuning in. That's a wrap. Please be part of the solution and kindly share this show. Reflect on your top takeaways and know I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality, essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out SayItSkillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too. 